Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Yes, well, this man has been high on my list uh, to speak to for a very long time. I may or may not get recognised as Max Gorn uh, regularly, far more often than one I would like, even though he's a handsome man, but two. More often than I do as well. Yeah, correct. It is a fair point and he's had probably a much, not probably, he's had a much better career than I have. He is here with us now, not in studio, unfortunately, but he is all the way from Melbourne, the captain of the Melbourne Demons, Max Gorn. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks, uh, gents. I um, when I was over in Perth, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point for that month, I got recognised as Will Schofield way too much for my liking as well. <laughs> we're going to get right into that. I mean, who did it first? Who did it better? I know the answers, but we're going to get into that. But the first question we ask every guest, Gorney, um, yep. doesn't matter what they've done, and you've done a lot. You're a Premiership player, you're a Premiership captain, six-time All Australian, two-time Best and Fairest winner, two-time. You, you, you are an absolute gun of the game. But I want to start with telling you I don't care. I want to know about your greatest sporting achievement, not on the football field. Um, Many, many guests across this show, we've heard Sean McManus was a pigeon trainer growing up. We've heard uh, Andrew Bogut loves his poker. We've heard Tom Tom Hawkins, a high jump champion in his junior years. I was an under nines, 80 meter hurdle champion. Dan, uh, I'm Champion sure bowler. I'm sure you can see the trophy on the table. Mm. Five sixteen in, in an under twelves grand final. Yep. What have you got for us, Gorney? <laughs> What's your greatest sporting achievement not on the football field? Um, I, I would love this to be the part where I bring in my favourite topic to talk about in cycling, but it's actually not. Um, <laughs> yeah, this might or might not be sport, but bear with me. Uh, when I was fourteen, nine months, like everyone, they try and get a part time job. I got a part time job with Domino's Pizza. Um, and I was there for until I got drafted. In fact, there was a little bit of overlap for a couple of weeks because my um, third round draft pick wage wasn't great. So just did a couple of little shifts. Um, but I uh, Domino's Pizza Hut and Pizza Haven used to do this pizza making contest, and I represented Domino's Bentley, and I got second in Victoria uh, for a pizza making contest. I tell Very you good. what, that is a. It's not going to take the proverbial cake. It's not going yeah. to take the pizza, but I tell you, it's right up there. Yeah, and I'd like to talk to you about it because I and I tried to enter one of those when I was working at Domino's Pizza. I was mainly yeah. a, a dough boy. Did you ever get around the dough? Uh, yeah. So dough. Well, technically, dough is quite the easy job. Um, <laughs> it's 
you literally you just stick the flour and the water in the mixer and let it go. Uh, it's very. It's, it's a lot of um, you know, bowling up and putting through machines. But then oh I did get on. God. Eventually, I graduated to the making, you know, the making arena. Yeah. And yeah. were you on the you know because at competition level, you have to weigh it right. You can't just grab yeah. stuff, chuck it in. It's very competitive. It's, really? it's pretty. It's a big deal. It sounds like it's a big deal. So, without boring your will too much, but a supreme, let's say it's a it's a hundred hundred grams of cheese, sixty grams of beef, thirty capsicum, thirty uh, eight slices of pepperoni. Um, So there's a bit to it, and I come second because I nailed it was eight pizzas all all up, and I nailed all eight in my own opinion. But it was my pepperoni alignment wasn't great, (laughs) and not every not every slice had a piece of pepperoni on my supreme. Who, yeah. who won? Do you know the name who won? No, nah, someone from Hopper's Crossing. Uh, it's, I'm not sure if you know where Hopper's Crossing is in Melbourne, but it's basically the Jundalup of Perth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gordy's coming in absolutely firing shots here. We absolutely love it. Um, talk, talk to us about your heritage, mate. Growing up, uh, you've got some New Zealand blood in you. Yeah, a little bit of Kiwi in me. Um, when I say a little bit, all. Uh, yes. Mum and Dad are both... Um, from New Zealand. Both brothers are born in New Zealand. I was that lucky kid that was born in Australia um, out of the family. The only one out of all of uh, Gorn and mum's made a name, Ballas, the only one that's Australian. So wow. um, I thought I'd be a Wallaby fan and an Australian cricket fan, but I've, I've jumped straight onto the All Blacks and New Zealand cricket. They're just better organisations to go for. But um, sorry to anyone who's a passionate Wallaby fan that's listening. but it's <laughs> not me, um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they're Southwest Coast, which is um, which is a pretty um, quiet place of the world. That's where they're from. Um, I lived there for a, a couple of months when I was real young, Tucker. But um, apart from that, just Christmas breaks. We always tall, you know. Like tall people aren't always tall, Dan. I don't know if you. know. I that. thought I was going to shoot up at some point. <laughs> just about that. Were you always tall? Actually, you're always the tallest in the class. What's, what's the go? Uh, no, this is, I mean, one of my favorite topics to talk about height. Uh, I love, I can talk about it all day long. Uh, no, look, I was, I was probably third or fourth, um, tallest growing up. And then when I was 17, I just went bang. Literally, I went from like a 195 centimeter tall forward to a 208 centimeter ruck. It was phenomenal. Was it always AFL then? Like, did you play rugby growing up? Did you play basketball? Uh, I did like the young stuff for rugby, like up until like 10, 11. And as you can imagine, 10, 11 year olds, rugby union, Victoria, that's pretty grim. Um, so <laughs> like, I gave that up pretty quickly. There was a little bit of tennis and volleyball around, but I'm not going to be one of those big shooters that says I had to make a decision between this sport and that sport. I was pretty lucky that football was the only one. It, it was, and you're having good junior year, but you did your ACL as, as a junior, I believe against the Geelong Falcons. Don't know if you know, Geelong boy. Um, yes. I mean – it must be difficult as a young up and coming, you know, you go pick 34 in the draft. So um, even off the back of a knee. So you must have been uh, impressing as a junior before you do your knee. Uh, I, my juniors is incredible. I went from uh, literally nobody to playing at Sandy Dragons to being at Vic Metro within three games. Um, it was a phenomenal little rise. I had a quite a good game uh, at Eastern Rangers Um Played the Metro trial game, then the following week was a was the Geelong Falcons game, and did my knee. So it all sort of went real quickly. Um, but yeah, the Eastern Rangers game, I talked to the recruiters. Now that was good enough to to be able to slip into. That was the first pick of the third round, I think. I was actually the Fremantle recruiter. I think it was uh, Brad Lloyd or Simon Lloyd. Or sorry, I, that's bad for me. I, I should know who it was. Uh, I think it's Brad, but I also yeah. I don't know. 
so he he called me before the draft and said, look, uh, we know Melbourne are interested to pick 18, but if you get to pick 19, we're going to take you. Um, so I was ready to go to either Melbourne or Frio. Those picks came around. They were quite nerve-wracking. Melbourne chose Luke Tapscott, uh, which is a real household name for Melbourne. Well done. Um, <laughs> and Fremantle, the very next pick, I had my bags signed, uh, my bags packed, ready to go, almost ready to board the plane. And they, wrote, they read out Nat Fife's name. Um, wow. which is looking yeah, – it's probably fair enough. And they, they then called me back after the draft and said, look, we had him at we had him in our top three. Um, I said, yeah, that's probably fair enough. I mean, the, the jury's out. He's a, he's a two-time Brownlow, but <laughs> is he a second-time pizza maker in the Victorian region? Probably not. <laughs> I, was, I, I mean, you didn't have time to be playing any other sports. You're too busy making pizza. It's bloody unreal. <laughs> Um, so you come, you come into the footy club. Do you look back at yourself now? I certainly do. And I think, I think there'll be a bit of a crossover as we go through Max's journey with my journey. I look back back at photos of myself with no beard and I think, well, what was actually going on mentally? You know, I know physically there wasn't a lot of facial hair, but mentally, do you look back at yourself as that skinny bean pole, no facial hair, no, no trademark beard and think, oh boy, Max, you are a handsome, handsome man. Uh, they call it is what's the modern word? Is it called a glow up? Is that what they? Yeah. That's what they say. Yes. Yeah, yeah, glow up. My my glow up is 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 a phenomenal change. I'm not sure if I'm necessarily better. I think I am, but because I look back on those early photos and they're pretty grim. But um, yeah, I had no facial hair. I could grow a beard. I just chose not to early days. Um, yes. And I had lots and lots of nice hair, in my opinion. But then it started receding pretty quickly. Um, and I jumped on it and, and, and went for the zero. Uh, but there was that little medium middle period, I'd say circa Mark Neal 2013, where I decided to grow both hair and beard. And that I just wasn't sure about that. That's the bit I looked back on and said, what was I thinking? I was like a real Josh Kennedy, like one size beard and hair the whole way around. Like, yes. Um, now I go the shaved head and the beard and I feel like that's me. Uh, fun fact, Josh Kennedy has one of the smallest heads in the world that it's been proven um, that Josh right. has got a – incredibly small head so it would have looked weird with the hair and the beard Gee, I mean it's just it's so I just feel so much in common with Max he speaks about that beard journey yeah. the recession starts you start going to a zero like, I got married in, with long hair and a short beard and then uh, anyway we're gonna get back to it I will just note I don't know what glow up means but Kat who is switching cameras for us today um uh young successful young woman is pissing herself laughing at, at, in the background <laughs> glob. I don't know what it means but you, apparently you're, you're on the money I'd, I'd say you almost had a, the opposite of a glob score you had like you're like this young fresh face like nice lush hair now what the fuck did you do and then you then you just you know went more into a man okay all right let's go back to Max um debut round 11 2011 do you remember it uh yeah this is a so three weeks before that, I was in the twos magoos. I was I was playing VFL reserves. Wow. Um, we had seven rucks on our list. It was an era where it was like, let's get as many rucks as possible. It's slightly gone away from that in recent years, but <laughs> we, had, <clears throat> we had seven rucks. We had Paul Johnson, John Meeson, Jake Spencer, Mark Jamer, Stefan Martin, Jack Fitzpatrick, and myself. Holy shit. Um, so not just rucks, like literally, uh, they, they couldn't play. Steph Martin could maybe play tall forward. The rest of us were literally rucks. Um <laughs> 
So I was a long way back, but there was a few injuries all at once. Um, I made my way to the VFL team, played against Ben Hudson uh, when he was at one of his VFL teams of the seven he played for. Um, and I managed to play a relatively good game against him. And then they picked me to play with Steph Martin against the Bombers Friday night game. Uh, we would have been close to a pretty poor record leading into the game. There was a lot of pressure on us and they debuted me and Jeremy Howe in the, in the, in the same game. Um, and there was some other guys that were that played in their first win. I think there were seven of us singing in the middle of the circle for our first wins. Um, so it was a pretty massive game. We won by 20 points. I missed a shot from the top of the square, um, which if we fast forward to the end of my career, seems to be a pretty common trend for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember it so well. But imagine getting the debut at 80,000 Bombers Friday night, MCG. It's, it's, um, it's pretty special. And and you wore the number 37. Jim Steins gave you the jumper. Uh, can you, can you speak to that moment and then your relationship through your career? Uh, yeah, I'm obviously very lucky um, that I got to meet Jim. Um, I count one of my biggest regrets, although not um, any fault of mine, is I didn't get to meet Jim before he was sick. Um, mm. Jim, when he was sick, is an incredible man. So I can only imagine what he was doing um, when he was all, all, all guns blazing. But um, he picked me out. And as you're going to hear when I talk about my story is, I was a pretty raw kid when I got drafted. Um, I was still doing domino shifts. I was I was um, probably not your captain's cup of tea, which is quite funny how it's worked out now. But um, Jim saw that and he works with adolescents um, for a passion. He, well, he did work with uh, adolescents with his Reach Foundation and and realised that I was a pretty different kid. And he just said, it's okay to do things yourself, uh, do things your way, do things the way Max Gorn wants to do it. He said, the person you're tr- trying to be won't play AFL, but if you try and be Max Gorn, you will. And it was music to my ears because I was trying to conform into whatever the stereotypical footballer was um, and I was struggling with it. But then I always had Jim just saying, it's okay, be you. You'll get – there'll be some bruises along the way because it's tough being you, especially as an 18, 19-year-old in that sort of environment. Um, so, yeah, that's – I mean, that's had nothing to do with footy, what I've, what I've just said. So you can see what Jim was able to do for me. Um, and then also to be able to wear 37, 11, these two numbers, um, playing the same position. Um, and also I'm now involved in in the charity that he's that, that he started. It's funny how it works. So, um, yeah, forever in debt to the big to, to the big fella. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And also, the, you know, the perspective that you have now, right? Like at the time, you're getting your jumper off Jim Steins, you're a young kid, you know, you've come off an ACL and, I can imagine what it feels over, over, over roaring almost. And then, and now, you know, not, not that you've accomplished everything that's ever to be accomplished, but you've done a lot in the game. You're captain of the club. It must feel like a full circle almost. It's, I remember the first day. It was, we had an amazing draft class. We had Tom Scully, Jack Trengrove, who were one and two. Wow. Um, and then we had Geordie Gisbert and Luke Tapscott, who I mentioned before, who were both inside the top 20. Um, so we had four inside the top 20 and Steinsy was speaking to the six of us. Jack Fitzpatrick was the other one. And um, he said, I'm most excited about this guy. And he made me stand stand up. And here's these other guys, these great pedigrees and what they've been able to do throughout the um, the, the carnival for Metro, Scully and, and Trenners was out in South Australia. And he just randomly said, I'm way most excited about this guy. So he made me feel sort of like I was welcome and I deserved to be there from day one. Um, yeah, and then to be able to fork out a career after that, I mean, I would have loved for him to be able to see it, um, and I'm sure he is, but uh, he had an amazing foresight maybe. Well, what, 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 um, 
It was that around the period that that you guys had like Trengove was your captain and Grimes. Is that right? Were you were you was that around that time? Yeah, well, uh, it is obviously not that exact time because Trenders was just drafted. But um, yeah. I'd say when Mark Neal, either his first or second year, so we're talking 2012 or 2013, yeah, Trenders was captain at 2021. Grimesy was captain at 22. They were co-captains. Um, and we went back-to-back spoons. Actually, no, we didn't. We didn't go back-to-back spoons because GWS and all Gold Coast saved us in both of those years, I think. <laughs> do, do you like, you know, and being captain again, you've got good perspective on this. A twenty twenty year old one year old being captain is that does that feel strange? Uh, it does. Um, at the time, I knew who Trenners was, so I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like Trenners is the leader of us first year, so of course. But then, like, <clears throat> that's such a naive nineteen year old way to look at that. Like, he's there's so much more bigger things to do than just look after the first year players as captain. So, <laughs> um, look, I'm sure in hindsight, Nathan Jones might have been the man to go for straight up or. Um, we certainly, um, I mean, it's easier to say this now looking back, but James, James McDonald took off to GWS, Cameron Bruce went to Hawthorne, yeah. Jared Rivers went to Geelong, Brett Maloney went up to Brisbane. Um, so we had some guys, some mature guys leave um, that maybe we could have enticed to stay and, 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 that, and that could have been something better. But um, the rest, we ended up getting Nathan Jones as captain. Unfortunately, didn't work for Trenners and Grimesy. Um, but I feel like, yeah. Maybe the wrong option was done. I'd, 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 I'm very good. I'm very close to Trenners, um, and I'm very close to Grimesy as well. And and they were the standout candidates. And it probably means something for where the list was at probably at that time. At that age, yeah. were you were you ever thinking like, oh, that's something I'd like to do later, become captain, or did it sort of just eventuate in that way? Oh, everyone! I from a young age, I kept telling uh, people kept telling me that I had leadership qualities, or people followed me, and it it, it just never stuck with me. I'm because I'm slightly extroverted um, within the four walls, there's always that element of people follow you. And um, for six years, seven years there, I was probably leading in the wrong way um, and not wanting to be a leader. But, yeah, I certainly knew that it's something I could probably aim for. Um, but I didn't know if I was any good of a player first. Um, I didn't know if I could play the game. I didn't know if I could play the game until 2016. So um, to try and lead as an injured or VFL player, it can be quite difficult. I mean, talking about injuries, you did second ACL 2012. You've had, you have had injuries throughout your career, especially the early part. Do you look back now at things you learned during that time and, um, you know, consider that there was a maturity area you learnt or, or do you look back at it as missed opportunities to play or how do you look back on the, those times being in, in rehab? Uh, I, I'm actually, I feel blessed. Um, like I wouldn't change my career. I'm not going to end up playing anywhere near 300, probably not even 250. In fact, I shouldn't count my chickens. I'm not even at 200 yet. I'm still a little bit off that. So um, there's, there's like I'm, but I'm happy with that. I've, I, I learned a lot of lessons being injured early on. Um, not only injured, I played a lot of VFL football in my first few years. Um, but I would rather that as a 20, 20 or 21 year old, I was, I was made to grow up real, real quickly. Um, I feel like if I wasn't injured, I might have kept being a, 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 a larrikin with my mates. I was drafted to a place that was geographically the closest to my to my house growing up, so all my mates were still around me. Um, but being injured, it made you, it gave you that challenge. It gave you that challenge to sort of set your life up. Um, you had to get the right stuff around. You had to get back from injury, which is pretty tough, especially knee recos. 
Um, I look at guys like Nick Nat and Lyndon Dunn and people that have done a couple of knees late in their career. I feel blessed that I was able to get that away um, early in my career and learn those lessons early because I feel like it's a lot harder. If I had an ACL touch wood now, that's a lot harder to come back from. Yeah, agree. Um, you know, talking about you know, being a bit of a larrikin growing up, I mean, this is a favourite of all people that speak Max Gorn, punching a dart on the way to training. I know it gets brought up all the time, but, you know, what happened? What's the aftermath like? I'm, uh, before you start, like, I've played with players that, Punched arts. This isn't. This is more taboo, I think, in the media and the public than perhaps people, you know, than reality. I've watched one of your teammates smoke a pack of darts at a, at a bar <laughs> once um, uh, during we the were, season we after were, a game. We were not be naming who that <laughs> no. is. Thank you, Dan. But <laughs> what, 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 what's the aftermath? Well, as the person involved in that sort of media shit show or whatever, whatever it was, talk to us. Well, I mean, the key word there, Dan, is bar. I um, I did mine on the way to training, which is a slight, <laughs> just a slight little difference. I'm presuming player X that you're talking about was slightly pissed. I was um, I was sober as, so <laughs> mine was a bit more of an interesting decision. Um, no, I mean that just shows probably where I was coming from um, and what I thought AFL was, and I didn't really understand a professional environment. Um, I was nowhere near the a hardcore smoker, but yeah, I, I wouldn't mind a Winnie Blue on the way to training. So um, it got whacked out of me pretty quickly though. You want to hear a couple, like what's it actually like? Um, well, when Jared Rivers was, was my designated leader, um, so there was nine person in the nine people in the leadership group, phenomenal size leadership group when I got drafted. James McDonald, captain, Brad Green, Cam Bruce, Brad Miller, Aaron Davey, Brett Maloney, Jared Rivers. There was Jack Grimes. Uh, Nathan Jones, like I'm still naming names. I could keep going. More people were in the leisure group than not in that era. Um, and uh, Jared Rivers came and said, uh, can we speak to you post-training? And this is at 9 a.m. and post-training is 4 p.m. So I've got a lot of time to ponder wow. what Jared Rivers is potentially going to tell me. And I'm I'm thinking no one's caught me, um, which is a fair enough decision because um, I've done it before and I got caught. So um, I just felt like I'm... <laughs> It's not I your first get away. If you get done on the way of training, it's not your first night. <laughs> no. Um, and then they obviously, um, they set me up a bloody beauty. Our, our, our motto is whatever it takes, well, was whatever it takes. And Brent Maloney started the questioning and said, are you doing whatever it takes uh, to be the best Melbourne player you can be? And I said, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> which we're all laughing at now because it is, it is quite funny. Um, and then he goes, so you weren't having a dart on the way to training today? And I said, uh, no, on, on the way to training. No, that wasn't me. They said, oh, one of, our, one of your teammates saw you. I said, oh, yeah, that, 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 that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, was, that was me. And then I went into this, this sob story that my parents smoked. I went straight into the deny, 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 which Bernie Vince once told me is um, when caught still deny. Um, and uh, I went into that. I went into that mindset, and I thought I was getting away from it. And I said, "Both my parents smoke. My, my girlfriend smokes. It's hard to get away from." My parents don't smoke. They've never had done in their life. Um, but I, I threw them. I threw them under the bus to try and get a little bit of a sob story out of there. But that didn't work, as Brent Maloney said his parents smoke and he doesn't. So um, it sort of got whacked back in my face. But to their credit, um, I didn't have a dart again that week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they 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 scared me, which is what they were supposed to do. And um, 
I took some learnings from it, which is good. Oh, that's very good. That's very good. Um, I mean, talking about some, I guess, more serious, or maybe not, who's the guys that take you under the wing as a, as a young Max Gorn from that moment then? You know, it's all well and good to sit in a leadership group and tell you not to smoke, but who actually goes, right, you've got enough talent, you do have leadership qualities. I've seen these guys, I've played with them as well. You need someone to really put them arm around you. Who was that? Oh, they, they all at different times had an had a impact on my career. In fact, every person I've played with that's come through the four walls. These headphones are annoying me. Can, can I pause and switch headphones? Yeah, yeah go for I it. actually think you probably can. You'll be fine they, by that. They, they were really annoying me. I mean, Gorni can't hear us now. We could say anything we like. Yeah, that's true. I've that still got the left funny. one in. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I wonder if Melbourne are playing in Perth this year. I haven't checked the schedule. Do I need headphones? Do the, when you guys talk, does that come through the, yeah, the mic? It will, it will come through the um, uh, speaker, the microphone, sorry. Does it look weird if the second half I'm wearing these? No. Nah, nah, that's fine. Oh, beats. Here we go. You'll just have to um, change the input. Yeah, change the yeah. output. Change the output. Oh, output. I'll just connect these first. Are you just going to you know, let this roll or are you going to? Oh, look. It's. For those watching and listening, yeah. Max has changed headphones. I'm not going to edit it out because I don't know. It's not that big of a deal. I, know, so. I can I can hear you, so that must be good. Right. We can well, there we, go. we can still hear you because yeah, great. Right, that's much better. Okay. I, the question they were. Do you want to just ask the question again? Or, or? no, no, we're going to we're not probably not going to clip it out, mate. Yeah, all right, sweet. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyone that's walked through the four walls has had some sort of impact on my career. I remember uh, Brad Green. Wore, this is what an impact a leader slash an older person of the club can have. Brad Green wore these horrible green cargo pants, like literally the worst things you'll ever see. Wore them with thongs as well. But <laughs> I, I thought Greeny was trendy and Greeny was cool. I went to like, I was about to say David Jones, but David Jones wouldn't be selling cargo pants. I went to Kmart and brought like the best pair of green cargo pants and wore them to training the next day and thought I was just one of the lads. I was looking, me and Greeny were best mates. We brought them together. That's the sort of impact. Like <laughs> that's obviously a lighthearted one, but the impact a leader can have on a young player, they just want to copy you in every single way. So Brett Maloney, his attack on the football, um, Mark Jamar, his rough craft, James McDonald, just the way he led, I still feel like a lot of the stuff that I am doing in my leadership is off the back of um, learning from James McDonald. Cameron Bruce, his professionalism. So they've all had some sort of um, an impact on me. But no, like Nathan Jones is the top of that list. Um, he he literally turned me and I saw him go from a Frankson Bogan to a captain. So I saw a little bit from him. But um, he saw me go from someone who was genuinely not going to make it to um, now in my 14th season. Um, I want to note that down for later on. I want to ask something about Nathan Jones, if you can remind me, yep, please, Dan. Right. Um, your first five years, you had five coaches. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, so Dean Bailey into Todd Varney, into Mark Neald, into Neil Craig, into Paul Roos. Wow. Does that, again, all of these are in hindsight, but at the time are you thinking this is normal, this is hard? Like, what, what are you thinking with coaches coming in and out the door? People do ask me that one a lot. Like I've had stability in the last eight years, so I've got a good thing to compare it to. But um, I was so young. I was so naive. I just – like it was, all right, another coach sacking. Let's go down to a press conference. Let's listen to them speak. Yeah. Um, it was just – yeah, it's just happened. Our captain changed every year. I think it went James McDonald into Brad Green, into Jack Grimes and 
Jack Trengrove into Jack Grimes by himself into Jack Grimes, Nathan Jones into Nathan Jones by himself into Nathan Jones, Jack Viney. Like it was, it was crazy. We just had change. That was, that was what Melbourne Football Club had. So um, I was naive to think that was normal. Did you, um, I, I assume that, you know, when a new coach comes in, a lot of guys are trying to prove themselves and, you know, you know, show them, show their, what they're worth and stuff. So people are always having to do that every year for five years. You know, it'd be, it'd be probably quite exhausting sort of process. <laughs> and they're all very, very different. Um, I'm not sure if you've come across Neil Craig, Will, in your time, but um, um, yes. he, is as, he is as unique as they come. Um, and if he where he made us wear our socks high, footy shorts and footy jumper every time we trained and we had to get written approval to wear any sort of skins or garments underneath our um, footy wow. kit. So he was trained wow. as you play, literally. Um <laughs> Todd 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 Viney just wanted to coach the way he played, so he just wanted to belt every, everyone. He would be in his suit pants and polo, ready to go to the coach's box and have the bump bag, just absolutely nailing blokes in the warm up handball drill. Um, Dean Bailey, um, I'm forever in debt to Dean Bailey. He obviously drafted me as a unique character at eight, at eighteen and taught me a lot of life lessons in those first two years. Um, was probably just a man ahead of his time. He, he his, his his ball movement stuff that we were doing back in 2010 was um, stuff that we're still doing today. We just literally couldn't defend um, to a point where we lost by 176. Yes, um, which actually goes down as an interesting day in my life as well. The one the one 176 or 186 could be 186. Um, down in down in Geelong, Long, we uh, in the, yeah, the VFL team lost by 120 in the curtain raiser. And then the AFL team lost by 186 and I was carryover emergency. What a gig. <laughs> <laughs> I, was the, I was the most informed player going into the next week. I got picked. <laughs> I mean, that was the week that we got all these photos and videos of the 186. boys. Yeah, 186. Still not the biggest margin though. That was uh, 190 when Fitzroy beat Melbourne. Okay, what year was that? Uh, Don't know. Don't have that one in front of me. That was the, when, when you know you got the <laughs> you got the deep dark music playing. You got you know some high high flying media expert talent. You know an absolute disgrace of a footy club. That was that one, right? You know lose by a huge margin. You like you spent a lot of time down the bottom of the ladder your first years at the, at the footy club. Is it? Yeah, again, hindsight question. Does it feel normal then at the time? Difficult. How do you get yourselves out of that? Uh, I mean. Again, it could come down to naivety, but the fact that I, I thought we were a chance to win every game I went into, um, and I get the question now that we've been able to sit closer to the top of the last couple of years, people say, oh, you must be excited about this year. How do you reckon you'll go? I said, well, to be honest, I said we'd win it when we won the Wooden Spoon in 2012. Like I'm, not, I'm either not the man to ask or every club thinks they can win it and every club thinks they can win every single game. And I went into games against Hawthorne during their – repeat that I was and we were struggling to win a game that we were going to win so that's might be naive it might be the way AFL clubs are sort of run from Monday to Friday they build you up um, ready to play but um, yeah we were down the bottom a lot Uh, I think I don't have a wooden spoon just purely because Gold Coast and GWS came in in the two uh, really bad years and they didn't win a game I think we might have beat them to win our game Um, but there was a game uh, in 20. 13 or 12, one of the Mark Neild ones where we were down by 30 points against GWS at three-quarter time in front of 8,000 at the MCG. It was as bad and as low the Melbourne Football Club's probably got to. We come back and won. 
Um, it was an amazing uh, last quarter to come back and win. But I just remember Mark Neal getting booed up the, to the coach's box by the 8,000. So probably he, well, he wouldn't have been hearing it. But um, <laughs> it was. there's been some really grim days in the MCG when there's no one there. Um, well, there was literally no one there in the COVID years. But when there was no one there uh, in sort of when we played a Freeman or a GWS um, away from home, and there was less than ten thousand, and we were getting beat. It, it was it was quite a dark, dark place. You, you go through your early part of your career, have a lot of injuries, a lot of adversity, you know, supposedly. But you know, when you when you really announce yourself, sort of fifteen, sixteen, as one of the premier ruckmen in the comp, I think you were quite outward in the media and saying that that's what you wanted to do. You wanted to become the best. Uh, do you? Is that what you did? Did you? Did you? Did, was that a goal that you had to be the best ruckman in the competition? Um, I'd, I'd love to own this because it's worked out. Um, it worked out really well in the year that I said it. But did I actually say it? I said that I wanted to be the best ruckman at the Melbourne Football Club because we had, like I said, seven. Um, <laughs> so my task was to try and get on top of them, and then everyone else sort of took it as I wanted to be the best ruck in the AFL. And then it sort of worked out that I was starting to get a game. And then I, I remember I took on Todd Goldstein pretty early on in 2016. And uh, the commentary around it was the best versus the guy who said he wants to beat the best. And I'm like, I'll own it because it's kind of cool. But, um, yeah, I didn't say I, – I, I just wanted to beat Jack Spencer to, <laughs> uh, to, a, to, a, to a Melbourne jumper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Is it around that time the – the beard comes about. I mean, I, we've got to touch on the ball. I can't bounce around it for the whole pod. I, I walked down the street in Perth, premiership player, 200 games for the football club, close enough anyway, mm. life member. I've given my footballing career to this. I'm a Victorian, proud Victorian, Geelong boy. I, I, I live here in Western Australia. I, I probably won't ever leave, very unlikely. Yet, I don't know. Uh, if if two people recognise me, one of them thinks I'm Max Gorn. I <laughs> genuinely thinks I'm Max Gorn. Gordy, how are you? Fuck off, mate. How's that sound? <laughs> 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 do, do, yes, you've spoken about it a little bit. Does yeah. this happen? Let's talk about the beard. Who was who was doing the beard first? You or me? Uh, you. Uh, <laughs> you're a little bit of the inspiration. Um, not all of it, but a little bit. Thank you. Um, I just got to actually. Off topic and more on the lookalike topic. I just got a text from Jared Ruffhead saying that someone thought he was me at at Glenferry Coles, which is phenomenal. Jared Ruffhead, we look nothing alike. Nothing, I'm not nothing sure. alike. Yeah, he he said he was slightly insulted, and to be fair, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm slightly insulted. So I'm not sure. Who's the loser there? Yeah, I think I've had the glow up, as I said. Um, <laughs> so beards. Uh, this is another one back in that era. We started to lose a few games and we were doing a beard competition. So I think it was the last one to sh- – oh, the first one to shave got punished or the last one to shave got some sort of reward. I forget what the actual um, the, the the beard bet was, but it was myself, Jack Watson, James Frawley. And nice. I wasn't – I was hiding away at Casey Scorpions, but Jack Watson, James Frawley were on the TV getting pumped by 100 points with beards. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it got out that it was a competition. And the commentators just come for us, said they should focus more on winning contested footy than beards. And I agree with that. When I, when I have a beard, I struggle putting my head, head over the ball. It's, 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 it's pretty common. I think Luke, Luke Darcy was the biggest one. He said, I've, 
it, probably because he can't grow a beard. To be fair, he looks like someone who can't grow a beard. But um, <laughs> they, came, they came at us very, very hard. Um, so that was the first sort of beard experiment. And that was when I had hair as well. So I did like the Josh Kennedy full hair everywhere yes. look. Yes. Um, and then I sort of came back uh, with my beard and did it with a bit of a shaved head look. Then shaved it all off in 2017 when I tore my hammy off the bone thinking like I needed a change. And that was really. That's the worst look. And if I get a photo, I actually, I think I've deleted all copies of the photos that are out there. So <laughs> that's a bad look. And then, yeah, since that time I shaved it all off in 2017, I've, I've, I've been beard strong. Um, it's funny you tell that story about the media. It was less the media and actually internally. I've spoken to John Worsfold um, post him leaving West Coast. I'm going to get him on back chat this year. But he tells a story. He walked into a board meeting and it was myself, Chris Marston and Josh Kennedy. Uh, we started with a beard competition and then a few of us shaved and then we just ended up all having beards. Anyway, he walked into a board meeting at the West Coast Eagles and they were asking about, are we pirates? Are we, uh, <laughs> are we? you know, who do they think they are? Ned Kelly. Who do they think they are? They, are they bikies? And Wusha, who had been worded up potentially by someone that that was going to happen, had come in and he had his laptop. He spun his laptop around and it was Bruce Dool, right? Beard, bald headband and he's like do, do you think Bruce Dool was trying to be a like and then he spun another around and he had like one of the great beards of all time spun that around um Johnny Gastev used to be a great player for West Coast runner at the time of West Coast spun that around just started spinning and he's like do you actually think how players look influences how they play or how their mindset is about exactly as Max says like putting your head over the footy you think if you have a beard or you don't have a beard you do it better or worse I it's 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 actually ludicrous how much people want to talk about beards, correct, Max? Unless you have them, and then we can talk. It, about them. If you're going bad, your beard's the issue. It's a it's 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 a it's a weird little touch. But if you're going well, the beard's the issue. The the reason why you're going well, it's phenomenal. It's amazing what this thing can do. Just touching on 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 Chris Maston, is is he cool? Because I follow him on Insta because he loves wine, cycling, and he has a beard. Like yes. he seems cool. He's cool. You two would be great mates. In fact. Yeah. We may have all already subliminally spoken about him on this podcast. Um, Recently. Yeah, as in, no, like this one with Max. Like yeah, you told right. a story before and we said we wouldn't name someone. We may have. Oh, right. Right. So oh, he loves Darry as well. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> <laughs> I met my idol. Yeah, I, I will tell you, um, Masto, Masto likes his footy, doesn't watch a lot of it, um, likes his wine better. He sent me a text. Um, someone had named the top 10 midfielders in the competition this year. And he's like, this is a piece of shit. Who's on this? Didn't know that were. He said, I'll give you my top 10. This is my top 10 blokes I want to have a beer with. You know who the top top was? Max That's Gorn. Cool. Oh, yes. It's the cycling. I tell you, mate, once you once you wear Lycra, you'll just you'll fall in love with other people that wear Lycra. It's great. Right. Okay. Here's your cycling bit. I'll give you a bit. Talk to me about your love of cycling. Go on. And we and we don't have all day. Okay, I'll go quick. I fell in love with cycling because of my knee recos and a little bit of early days SBS uh, when I've got a TV in my room when I'm 14, yes. right after the R-rated stuff finishes, which is what SBS was great for, yes. um, was the Tour de France. There was there was Phil Liggett, who's the voice of cycling. That yeah. name means nothing to you, but he is literally the voice of cycling. No, no, no. I, um, I love the Tour. I will say I do love watching the Tour. Okay. Yeah. So that's where I fell in love with it. And then now I literally – 
when Stephen May's talking NFL fantasy at the football club, I, I trumpet with what happened in the tour of Saudi Arabia uh, stage <laughs> two last, 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 last night. Like I, I stay up and watch it. I know what's happening in every single event. So I love the sport. I love the activity as well. I don't mind going for a ride. Um, that's a snapshot. And, and Masto and Masto will be very. I'll be. I'll be sending Masto that clip, and he may. Yeah. Uh, may absolutely fall off Ma- his chair. Masto's got a bit more of a body for cycling. It doesn't. It doesn't strike me. I don't see lots of tall cyclists though. That, long levers. Like long of, levers, mate. No, I I agree with Dan. I'm a horrible frame. Um, it's it's not like I can produce amazing things on a watt bike. Um, wow. which is another great tool to a football club, isn't it? They sort of came in around 2012, 2013. Really got trendy. Yeah, they used to be you could just hide on the spin bike and no one even knew if you're working hard or not. Now you've got what bikes and they show the numbers. And um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, no, I'm a horrible friend, especially when I, I love riding mountains. I went over to Europe and uh, over the uh, off-season just gone with Ed Langdon uh, and we rode up some of the more famous cycling climbs called Up Duez and um, the Stelvio. Yeah, that was Holy it was shit. amazing. I'm just I'm not the frame for it, so it was really, really hard for me, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Wow. That I, I know Alp Duez. I'm not yeah, a cycling yeah. fan, but that is that impresses me. Well you, done, man. You said before um you, you did your hammy in twenty seventeen. So I'm not sure if you were playing at the time of this game, but do you remember the scuffle um during a, a West Coast game where Scoey dropped Clayton Oliver with the people's elbow and uh, <laughs> him down on the floor? That was my first game back from my hammy. Um, wow. Yeah. Was that, is that the game Tom, Tom McDonald kicked the goal on the square? Yes, I reckon. Yeah, so we – it was the first time we'd won in Perth since 1922. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> I, it was it was amazing that we were able to get it done. But, yeah, I Clayton, he's still to this day, and I didn't word him up that I'm coming to talk to you. He still to this day says there was contact. So – I'm not. I'm not sure how much contact there was, but he says there was contact, and I got to believe my teammate. I will. I will give you this. And I speak about this a little bit. Like we we came up with a strategy going into the tribunal because we challenged it, and we yeah. spent, I reckon, three hours coming up with a word to speak about the contact that had been made to Clayton's chin. And what was the word? There, there was contact. I will. I agree with Clayton. There was contact. Yeah. Uh, was it brushed? Was it um, clipped? <laughs> was it um, nudged? Was you know there, there was we had this whiteboard. There's there's like you know diagrams going on. There's people coming in and out of rooms. We landed on feathered. <laughs> feathered. <laughs> so my elbow feathered Clayton's chin. Yes, it did make contact, but it was it was as light as a feather, Max. Okay, so he went down. And to be fair, it did look like he went down easy, but when he gets up and goes, he hit me, he hit me, I, I, I think I was amongst it. I might have tried to retaliate to you, Will, which I, I didn't mean it, obviously. You're my hero. Um, <laughs> but and he then got into a bit of trouble. I think uh, Damien Martin tweeted him saying, that's the worst effort I've seen on the football field. And then Colin Garland, who loves his cricket, was sitting next to Clay Nola on the plane and said, oh, tweet, uh, how about you how, how about you just focus on making runs in Sri Lanka in 20, 
16 or something. He'd just come back with this real niche reply, which was hilarious. <laughs> he then, he, Clayton also put, I'd love to interview Clayton, actually, but he, he then put a photo as his profile pic. This is actually fucking great. Yeah. I'll piss myself laughing. He put a picture up of him of his head bandaged, bandaged up on yeah. as his profile pic on Insta or on Twitter. It was fucking great. Um, the, following, the following week he gets interviewed, we beat Carlton and Clayton obviously had a big week in the media and the press and social media and whatnot. And uh, it comes with the best interview and vision of all time. Daisy Pierce asked him, how did he focus on football and try and get away from the noise? And he said, I just listened to what happens in the four squares of the football club. <laughs> and completely stuffed the answer up and he was so nervous. Um, he's slightly getting better in front of a cam- uh, camera and a microphone, but if he wins the Brownlow at any point, it'll be one of the all-time acceptance speeches and I can't wait for it. <laughs> Absolutely. I bloody love that. Um, can we move to 2018? Um, you guys have a... You have an incredible last half of the year. You I think you finished fifth. You're a big wave of contested footy. It's sort of the you know real announcement of the Melbourne Footy Club, which I think was like the beginning. It's probably if I reflect on on West Coast time, it was probably the 2015 of our period. We we just had this. You know, you look like you're playing on confidence, playing on together, and you know your supporter base was right around you. Come to Perth, um, 2018 prelim. Do you remember that? that period, that final series and what it felt like for, you know, some real hope for the Melbourne fans that have been starved of it a little bit. You guys knew you had some live ones coming in, didn't you? <laughs> you, had, <laughs> you had these young fellas who'd won a couple of elimination finals in Melbourne rocking up to Perth. Jeez, <laughs> oh, we didn't know what we'll get ourselves into. I look back on that 2018 prelim and realised that we were happy to be in a prelim. Um, the difference in 2021 was we wanted to win the prelim. So, like, I... At the time, I thought we'd just come up against our match. Uh, we gave away a couple of stupid things in the first quarter and then the rest is history. But looking back, our mindset leading to that 2018 prelim was probably, how good is this? We're playing in the prelim, like rather than let's go out there and send a statement. So that's that's disappointing that we weren't able to get on top of that back in 2018. But Because um, as, as we know, the, the winner of that prelim went on to win the granny. So maybe maybe we could have uh, knocked off the pies as well. But we didn't have a Will Schofield knocking down Jordan to go in the goal square, so we probably wouldn't have. Uh, don't worry, we'll um, be getting on to that in a little bit. Um, do, do people say you've got to lose one to win one. Now, um, I don't think it's true. But we, we lost a grand final and then very similar to your reflections just then, realised that in 2015, you're just happy to be there. You're, oh, how good is this? You're in a prelim. Or how good is this? You're in a grand final. Grand final parade, awesome. Do you think? some learnings around 2018 and what happened there and, you know, falling away and being disappointed that helped, um, you know, three years down the track? Yeah, certainly. And the, and the experience of, of a away prelim. Like I'm forever grateful to be able to play in, a, in an away prelim. I hope I never have to do it again. I hope it's a home prelim for the rest of my career if we get there, if I if I get to a prelim. But to play in a in a footy mad state for one team, well, two teams, but – to be fair, I, I, I did live in Jundalup for a month and a half and not one person mentioned Fremantle Dockers, so I'm not <laughs> sure if they're there. They're, uh, it, it's a very strong West Coast flavour in Perth. Um, but it was like I was getting a coffee in the morning of the game and there was police behind me joking whether to taser me. Like it was just a phenomenal place to be. The Pardon? place was going crazy. So, can you, can and, you and, just repeat that? 
I'll go back to that point because I wish I did get tasered because it would have been a better feeling than what happened in the game. But um, yeah, they, they were they were having a little joke whether to taser me or not, and there was West Coast fans just rolling down their windows booing us. Like it was a phenomenal place to be. I enjoyed it, but that's the problem. I enjoyed it. I should I I, sh- I should have been there um, to get the job done, come back and 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 have another crack. And then we went into a 2019 season, which again similar to your story, we we completely collapsed um, and we lost a few early, lost a few injuries and then all of a sudden we finished 17. So um, yeah, the win one to lose one, it's certainly not that as black and white as that, like win a grand final, uh, lose a grand final or win one. We were a prelim, but we actually had to go through like 12 months of learning. So 2019 helped us a lot as well. Um, and then even the hub in 2020 when we were all over up, up in sunny coast for three months, all that stuff helped us to what we were able to get to in 2021. 2018 is a memorable year for me, as 2021 would be for you, Gorney. Uh, we win in grand final, dreams come true, my entire career is finally vindicated and all of that. But one of the most memorable and special moments of the 2018 grand final was getting on the bus. And I remember this moment, getting on the bus and, you, you know, <clears throat> you want to be present with your teammates, you know, grand final, winning grand finals as good as it gets. And we'd done all that and we'd been out on stage and huge celebrations. We got on the bus and it was almost the first moment of like, like, like just five five seconds of yourself. So get my phone out. There's massive, everyone, everyone from your, you know, your parents to to your dad to, I don't know who else, anyone who's ever seen you in the public has sent you a text message. Anyway, again on Twitter, browsing through, scope for this, scope for that. Highlights. Max Gorn, big tick. Never met Gorney. Still haven't met him, really. I've been played against him. Will Schofield is a star. And I I still remember reading that. And I was like, fuck yeah. Max says I'm a star. How good's that? I just won a grand final. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with a tweet from Max Gorn. I, I thought you might feel a little special about that, Max. I, I, I was tossing up whether to write, when I grow up, I want to be Will Schofield or Will Schofield's a star. I went to Will Schofield's a star just because I thought it was a bit more to the point. Um, can we just – I know it's a, the podcast, I'm the guest, but can we yeah. – and I'm sure you've circled back on your efforts in, in, in 2018, especially the I grand final. I think he's brought it up a few times. No, here, I haven't. But please ask. You, did you get norm votes? I fucking should have. I, like, you if you're going to spend some time on that, I should have. <laughs> it was one of the more phenomenal games I've ever seen. Um, Thank you, Max. Thank you for fuck's sake. I've been we're doing it for two years and no one's ever said that. Thank you, Max. Yeah. No one, no one respects the lockdown defender. I mean, Neville Jetta had a career of it. No one, no one respects him. Correct. There wasn't a con- uh, I, but- I tell you, there wasn't a contest lost. Didn't lose one contest for the day. Didn't come off for a minute. Um, I don't know what else you need to know. To go, we kicked three, but they're all from the midfield. No one cares. You know. Yeah, you weren't. You weren't. You weren't playing on the second ruck. You were playing on Jordan the goalie. Like you had a, you had a fair out, and, and that's. Sorry, that's harsh on the second ruck. Actually, Mason Cox was the second ruck at the Mason time. So Cox, he was. Yeah. Um, um, who was on, on fire. Did they, they release the um, votes for that? Yeah, they not? do, and I didn't get any. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so one of the modern-day um, disgraces of the AFL, I would have thought. Um, so 2018, that happens. Uh, 2019, disappointing year. Uh, you become captain of the Melbourne Footy Club, 2020. What's, is there, what's the moment like when you get told that? Uh, we were Goody come over to my house um, in East Bentley, and he was sort of unannounced. He he was driving down uh, on the way back from Casey Fields. He was driving down. He was would have been three minutes from my house. He called me and said, "Are you home? Can I come over?" And I sort of had an inkling that um, there was change coming. They hadn't talked about the lease uh, votes or anything like that. I'm like, okay, 
Goody's coming over. I yelled out to my wife, Jess, said, Goody's here in two minutes. And she, I'm, I think from memory, she had a, like a towel around her hair. Um, so she have wet hair, I'm presuming that means. Um, and <laughs> yep. she, she, she had to, she wanted to organize a cheese platter. Um, and it was, it was very rushed and he came in and there was, I'm, I'm presuming, my memory of the cheese platter was like Twiggy sticks and Brit Spickies. Like, I'm, like it wasn't, we didn't, we didn't really wine and dine goody. Like I reckon if he saw what was on the cheese platter, he might've went back and give it and gave it to Vines. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I do, as you can see, I do remember the setup quite well. I remember, yes. and as you should, um, to be announced as the Melbourne captain, go down um, with names like Jack Viney, Nathan Jones, um, and then some of the, the greats from back in the day, like a, like a Ron, Ron Barassi. Um, it's pretty cool to have your name there, um, even if you don't get to what I did get to in 2021. Um, it was an amazing opportunity to do what is a passion of mine and it is, and it is lead. Um, and I love... I love dealing with youth. So I love dealing with the 18, 19, 20-year-olds that come through the club. Again, that's probably values installed by Jim um, in me that I also love doing that sort of stuff. And um, I love different personalities. I love how they work. Um, and I, it was a great opportunity for me to be able to be um, at the forefront of that. And albeit, I then had straight into a hub. Um, so mm-hmm. it was a pretty intense time to be a first-time captain. Um, away from my wife, I left my wife at home because she um, had to work down in Victoria and um, everyone else's partners and kids were up in the hub and um, I was trying to deal with all sorts of different things while focusing on footy, while being a captain, while missing out on finals in 2020, um, while my wife's been back at home. So it was an interesting year 2020, but the learnings, again, I took from that has made me a better captain, better teammate, better husband, and now a better dad. Do you look back at that 2020 year? Can you remember some of the all-player um, uh, Zoom calls we were getting on for like the PA? Like you just talking about that and talking about the wives. Like we pretty much weren't given an option. It might have been a club thing. It might have been an AFL thing for hours to come. We had a couple of specific examples where you know, Liam Ryan's got a couple of kids that need to be with him and things like that. But we didn't really have any partners with us the entire time. Can you remember how – does that feel strange thinking back to like we had whole player Zoom calls and, you know, can you remember that? Yeah, and just before you, I can answer the question, just be careful. I've been seeing a psychologist three times a week to forget Liam Ryan's name. So if you can just keep that, <laughs> keep that, keep that out of your questioning. Um, it was I – mean, can, we, can we talk about that, Mark? Just I'll go back to the question. But that, Mark, I felt like I deserved half of the TV because the, the, the effort that I put in, was a phenomenal effort. So, did I mean, you see it coming, effort. Max? I mean, no, I didn't see people, it coming at all. We, we ask our audience, you know, what, what what questions you want to ask Max, and I would say eighty percent. Uh, what does Liam Ryan's knees feel like in the back of your head? <laughs> how, how does it feel like being uh, scaffolding? I, I will tell you again, Max. We have a lot of in common. Um, Liam Ryan in the year before he got drafted, so twenty eighteen he got drafted. Twenty seventeen I played a lot of waffle footy. Did a lot of that during my career actually, and um, I. <laughs> Liam Ryan, this is no joke, took eight out of the top 10 marks of the year. They have a top 10 in the waffle. He took eight of yep. them. Four of them were on me. Four of them okay. were on my head. So, well, you're in a safe space. What's it okay. feel like? Well, first of all, I did an amazing defensive like running act, like an off-ball running act from the wing to get to the position I was at. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I thought I was going for an uncontested mark. In fact, I got called into it. Um, like Ooh. I was going for an uncontested mark. 
Well, I, I'm pretty sure it was Sam Frost that called me in, um, and it was Bailey Fritz who was on Liam Ryan, so they're both my hitmen. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like I, I felt like the mark is made even better from how much I flop. <laughs> it's a phenomenal flop. Um, so Liam, if you want to give half the TV, uh, be my guest. I've actually I've been pressurized a few times. Um, the Cody Waitman got me last a uh, couple of years ago. Yes. Uh, my own teammates got me a couple of times. Tom Bugs got me from Melbourne. Tom um, Bug. Yeah, Tom Bug. Uh, great man, Tom Bug. He's doing some great things in the PR space, believe it or not. Wow. How often have anyway, you that's, uh, What was the question? Nah, who cares? <laughs> what was it? How often have you watched back that highlight? Because it gets played all the time. Uh, yeah, I actually, in terms of highlights I watch back, the Liam Ryan one's right up there. I actually really like watching it purely <laughs> because. I really like my effort. I really like the fact that I was – what I don't like, and I think he's a great man and we played a lot of football t- – uh, we played a lot of football against each other. We're from the same draft year. Nathan Vardy did give me a couple of choice words when I was on the ground. Yeah, he did. He is a great, he's, he's, he's a great man, so I, I'll give him an out. But I was a little bit fiery when I, when I, when I got up from the ground. So uh, fun fact, no one knows this. I haven't told anyone. It triggered my memory. Uh, Nathan Vardy got pulled up in the team meeting about that actually, and um, a few people weren't happy that they gave Gorney a bit of lip. I I personally was very happy with Nathan Vardy giving you shit because I would have done exactly the same thing as Nathan, but the powers to be weren't too happy. So you feel happy with that yourself. There, people said that when I reacted, um, I was getting some press, uh, some social media replies saying I would have done the exact same thing. I'm not. I don't know. I don't know. I've not many of our guys take unbelievable marks. Cosy Pickett does, and and will take one extremely good. And I'll I'll suss out what I do. Do do um, I mean you, you like a bit of chat on the field? I mean my memories of you playing against you or around you, not, you wouldn't have been matched up that often on each other. You like a bit of a chat out the field, don't you? Uh, I do. I love talking to my opponent. Um, not necessarily like I'm going to get to you. I, I, sorry, I don't. That sounded really bad. Um, <laughs> That's like, not, creepy. Yeah, <laughs> sound like boogeyman type vibes. Um, not, not necessarily like trying to psych him out. I try and like just have a conversation with him. Yeah. Um, do you remember? Well, I sorry, I remember uh, uh, Melbourne West Coast. We're playing in Alice Springs or Darwin. It was an NT game. And oh, I've got some good stories about this game as well. Do you? Not the game. I've got great stories about after the game. Do you? But continue. What's your story? Oh, okay. Well, mine is just. Uh, I just remember. Gov coming in at halftime or something like that. And Gov likes a chat too. So Gov and you, I see you, similar people, um, very good footballers, but also good sense of humour. I've also jumped on the low-carb beers as well. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Do you own any beer companies? Because not many people know that was I was a part owner in that uh, beer, so he's done oh, He's a smart man. I knew he didn't cut out the the, the full strengths. Oh, shit. No, he's been on the full strength all year. Um, it was a plug. He came in and said, um, yeah, you should have heard what Gorney said to me. Is he said oh, he's going? I'm going to show him. I'm going to show him. He goes, <laughs> he reckons you go. You're just not quite there, are you, Gov? You're just not quite there, mate. And I think he ended up winning all Australian that year. <laughs> I think we, you know, when they uh, the best player of the team tends to be targeted. I think yes. Gov was our target, and we met. We had someone playing a forward defensive role on him, and obviously, then we get shown the flaws of Gov. So I'm watching all week his weaknesses. So then I go out game day going, oh, he's not going to do that. He, but really, like. 
these weaknesses is like a four, like four clips. Like that's it. That's, yes. that's from, from the whole year. Um, so yeah, it's a good thing footy does is they humanize the star to make him seem like they're not actually a star. Um, what what, so, what yeah, happened I, after the game? What what what? what you- I, I, we got really close to you. I think we got within twenty points um, or thirty points, and you guys went on to play in the granny or were. I think it was twenty fifteen. So must have been yeah. You guys were good, and, and we weren't as good. Um, but we got really, really close to you. We had like 20 points or three goals and we partied that night to like, like we won the flag. It was phenomenal. <laughs> like, there's, a, there's a nightclub called Discovery in Darwin and we were there till 5 a.m. And I was like at 3 a.m., all right, we've got a plane to catch this. And but no, our, our captain's sitting there going like this, like rocking the place out. I'm like, we got, yeah, we, we got within three goals of West Coast. Let's, let's go crazy. Unfortunately, I know Discovery too well. We've had two footy trips in Darwin, and um, one time we walked past, and Timmy Trumpet was playing there that night. Fair to say, we may have been there well past 5 a.m. It was a good night. Uh, where am I up to? 2021. I feel like that's a big year in your career. Um, they've put, there've been documentaries out, and I think Melbourne put one out, and and sort of seen all after the fact. But when you're in that moment in 2021, um, I think people talk about culture a lot, and and um, you know. Melbourne hadn't had success, um, hadn't won a grand final in 57 years. But, you know, e- even to that fact, h- how do you, before you've won that premiership, how do you go about chasing that that successful culture? Uh, yeah, there was – I mentioned our hub. Our hub uh, was very unique. We took a lot out of our hub and we see it as um, – like, so 2020, I'm talking, is a big stepping stone to where we got to in 2021 and – um, I've spoken about this one a little bit. Like, there's all sorts of things that happen in a football club to be able to get to us to the position we got to in 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 that year. But um, there was certainly some aspects that we weren't over the moon about, or potentially holding us back. And we had one of those player in meetings that I'm no doubt will you did every year in your career as well, where you, you throw some values up on the up on the whiteboard. Some of them are just words. Some of them mean a little bit more to you. Um, and we, I personally went in thinking maybe the same thing was going to happen again. But um, we got to know each other a whole lot more in 2020. We got to realise how bad it was that we are missing finals again and again and again. And 2020 was another um, case of that where we come ninth. In fact, 2017, you guys had to beat uh, Adelaide by less than 26 and you beat them by 27 and that kicked us out of the finals. And then you guys um, went on and did your Luke Shuey goal after the siren. Yes. Um, fast forward back to my story. Um <laughs> So we one of the things that got brought up was the way we speak to each other professionally. Um, and I'm all for banter. I love banter. We've been bantering for half of this episode, half serious, half banter. And, and, and banter in a football club is great. But when banter comes in and it goes over that line to banter about someone's job, I felt like that's the piece we were missing. So the example I use is, um, Jake Jake Lever. Jake Lever could take ten opposition marks, ten kicks from an op, uh, oppo it's, kicks, oppo marks, whatever they're called, yeah. in, 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 intercept marks. He's never played back in his life. That's why he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like that's the pinnacle. Ten mark oppo. It's like he has literally played the pinnacle of an intercept defender. Like that's three votes. But bef- like he's so he's sky high. He's at ten. But before he even gets to the change rooms, we would bring him down by like saying, oh, he didn't even play on anyone or I could have done that if I played on no one or something like 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 that. Yeah. So we got this guy at 10 and we bring him to seven for, for no reason just to get a laugh before 
friends, before family, before journos can get to him. We've just brought him to seven out of our own accord. Like, how's that helpful? How's that going to get us to where we want to get to? How's that make us feel good? And and it hit me hard because I I was someone that di- that did it and and still do. To be fair, we haven't corrected it to a point where it's out of our vocabulary. But now we're better at pulling it up and having the conversation about it. Um, I'm incredibly passionate and I love running and I running is one of my favorite things. And I missed my time trial four times last season, like four times. Like, and the anxiety that I built uh, up around my running, I didn't want anyone to talk to me about it because I loved it. And I had players chirping at me saying, geez, you're running backwards out there or would hate to do that 2K again. And, and it was hitting me. And then I opened up and said that and then we had the discussions about it. So when it's something you care about, and that's learning what your teammates care about. Like, I don't care about my fashion, so get into me about my fashion. But maybe a young 18-year-old like Cosy Pickett does, so maybe hold back on him or something like that. So learning about your teammates and learning what they care about. I felt like that was a slight little culture change we needed. Yeah, so you've you got to know your teammates, right? Like you've got to be connected to be able to do that. You, you can't just be walking around being the nicest bloke in the in the world to everyone, like you, know, like you said. Yeah. It can be clothing for some and something else for others, but knowing your teammates was the biggest shift, you think? Yeah, like I'm, I'm passionate about rough work. I'm passionate about running. So that maybe they're the two things you steer clear of having a little joke to me about. But then fashion or my head, yeah, go right at it. Like I don't care about those two. I think I've had a glow up, but I don't care about my head. I if you say glow up one more time. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like, this is just not just footy industry. This could be like, this is any industry. These are learnings I'll take for the rest of my career, wherever I go, I own, I own two wine bars. This is learnings I can have with my staff, um, some people in and around that area. So that was one thing that I felt like got us into a better headspace. But then what comes first, like the chicken or the egg, what comes first, winning? We won 10 in a row in 2011, uh, 2021, sorry. Or was it the culture that came first? Was it the big cultural shift we did? Because winning breeds culture as well, although do you need the good culture to get the winning. So the winning certainly helped. Winning the first six games, uh, the first 10 games, but the first six, including beating Richmond at the G on Anzac Eve, uh, beating Geelong at the G, like they're big cultural pieces as 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 well. What is feeling, uh, you know, coming into that grand final um, any other year apart from a couple at Waverley um, has been played at the MCG, been starved of... Uh, success in front of your fans yet the grand finals in Perth um, did, did you did you block that out uh, yeah I blocked it out again a hub a hub's crazy the, the border over there is incredible whatever your government would do it that's a, like we were allowed 70 odd people over amazing we can't leave our house yet Melbournians were allowed to come to Perth like it was phenomenal that it was all even able to happen but we weren't able to bring family um, or close family, and and there's some ripping stories in there. Like Jake Lever's young girl was one week old, and he's flown over to go win a flag. Yes, he's had the ability to go win a flag, but think about the pressures that Jake Lever would have been under. And we need to get—he's a popular person on this podcast. Jesus, um, <laughs> think about the pressures that he was under, and we had to get the best Jake Lever playing. So the learnings from 2020 about how we dealt with that hub helped us in the little one of the month. It was only six weeks that we had in Jundalup, but to be fair, what I've learned six weeks is enough. And it's it's not Jundalup, is it? It's Jundalup or Jundalup. Yeah. But like That's you fine. saying Jundalup is way better. Yeah, it should yeah, be Jundalup. 
Yeah, well, there for six weeks, which I've worked out is six weeks too long. But um, <laughs> the house price is going through the roof in June. That <laughs> <laughs> beautiful golf course and resort. Yes. Can't speak higher about where we're able to stay. Um, <clears throat> but it wasn't it wasn't daunting because we were with our mates. We'd done it before. Um, <clears throat> we play Ibel West Coast on Frio early that year and had a little seven uh, day sort of hub. Um, so yeah, we'll. Um, looking forward to it without the pressure of seeing friends and family asking for tickets and um, seeing. And if you had seen photos in Melbourne, like the the place was decked out, people were painting their fences. Like Melbourne supporters were genuinely um, excited about what was happening. So that might have built a built a little bit of pressure from if we were back home. But um, I love that Perth experience. Like when's that going to happen again? Who's going to say they won a granny in Perth? It's amazing. No, no, it was amazing. Speaking of the hub, was it uh, Melbourne and West Coast that played the final game before they shut down the season? Yeah, yeah that was an interesting game, Scully. It was. Do you remember it? Yeah, I remember it quite clearly. That was my first game as captain. And um, we uh, half an hour before we got on the bus, we are all watching a press conference about the season being called off. Yeah. And then we like the border was getting shut pretty quickly and we were worried about trying to get back to Melbourne and then we had to go play for four points. It was still for four points and you guys got us. Yeah, I was I was first emergency that game. Another another day set spent in the emergency list. So you were the were you the guy the guy there was four people in the crowd and you were one of those four. James Harms was copping it. <laughs> I was gonna I was like, I wonder if I have to prompt Gorney, I'll see if he can remember. So I was first emergency. How can I help the team? There was no one in there wasn't even officials. There was literally the players and then there was the emergencies that that the like you know medical staff couldn't be up there like they'd shut it down and there was four of us in the box and I thought like you did with Gov I was like, who am I going to pick on and I for no reason other than he was in front of me James Harms was my man nice <laughs> I spent two two hours screaming Harmsy like a like if you went to the footy a hundred thousand people and you got those nuffies that was me but there was no <laughs> one there so you remember that. And you gave Tom Mickey the Bronx cheers when he got his first handball in the last quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Mickey was playing against Gordy. Hadn't had a touch the entire game. And we sent a message. We tried to get a message. I think we just yelled out to the bench and said, Tom Mickey hasn't touched it. Get him a touch. Get a fucking touch. Yeah, and he had his first touch, didn't he? He took it out of the ruck. I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, he took it out of the ruck. Like, that's funny. Um, So... What's it? What's that feeling like winning the flag? Like, what's what's that moment when the siren goes? Yeah, I mean, you had a not a close game, so did you have time to soak it in? Is it relief? Is it excitement? What is it? The sort of there's two feelings that I want to talk about. One is, yeah, obviously sheer sheer excitement. Like, I've lived a childhood dream. Like, as soon as the, like I was able to take like take it all in for some reason. Like, as soon as it all happened. I noticed them bringing the stage on. Like I noticed um, all the staff coming onto the ground. I noticed all the VFL players coming onto the ground. Like I was, it was all pretty cool. Like I could take it all in. I had a, an on-ground interview straight away with Abby Holmes, um, and I've, like I, I really lived out that ten minutes. So I'm glad I was able to do that because it's a pretty incredible ten minutes. Mm. Um, then the other, the way, I, and then oh, apologies to to Frio as well. Before it, we. Completely trashed Frio's change room. Um, 
Like, thank you for letting us use it on your Frio, but like, I, I apologise for what we left you. Like, you, they looked like some good plasma TVs. Like, they were they they did look oh. really shite. They did look really shiny. Um, but we got carried away. Champagne corks flying and everywhere, and um, we apologise. I think we did pay for it, so that should be all cleaned up. But and if you didn't, you um, will be now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the call from me media manager. No, um, they. So we had an amazing one hour in the change rooms because the unique thing we had is there was no friends and family, which I'll get to in my second part of the question, the answer. But the first part is it's just the 70 people that we took over in the change rooms. Once we kicked everyone out that was there, like the journos and the people that had local family, and we're just belting out one of the best hour playlist songs you'll ever see, like Sweet Caroline, This these sort of tunes, just the 70 of us living our best life. And it was the most amazing one hour. I could have caught the red eye home that night and been happy with what I was able to get out of in a celebration point of view. I didn't. And I then went and had an unbelievable week in Perth, but (laughs) um, I could have. But the other way I look at it is I grew up watching 230 MCG games. um, And for example, your um, granny in 2018, like, you got you would have run into people you would have known in the crowd. You're a you're a Geelong boy. You would have seen friends and family. Like I'm walking around off the stadium, and I like there was no one. I, I I knew absolutely no one at that crowd. I would have loved to share that moment of past players with uh, my mum and dad who have been there for and literally the whole journey. Obviously, because they are my mum and dad. But um, my wife, who was heavily pregnant at home, like that would have been a pretty cool moment to share with them. So I look back on a bit of envy with that, and it's sort of driving me. Um, to want like those three people in particular to share that feeling that I had because they've shared every other feeling. They've shared the worst feelings with me. Why not share that um, that extreme happiness feeling? But apart from that, if I parked that, it was the best week of my life. Yeah. Closely followed by three weeks later when I have a baby. But yes, um, well, actually, jury, jury's out what the best week is on that. Well, so I, I, before, I, I, sorry, one quick one before we go past the grand final. I've got to ask, um, holding the cup, pre-grand finals is that thing about not letting the captain (laughs) to let go what do you remember about that did you go in thinking i am definitely going to hold on to it or did you let go first i let go first and i couldn't have given i'm a i hate those sort of hoodoos and superstitions and i hate it to a passion that i almost didn't even want to hold the cup but bont i did notice that bont held on to the cup for a lot longer than what he should have so i gave it to him i said you can have the cup i actually had um as you can see i'm Lululemon, a, a, a great ambassadorship role, well-placed hat. Shout out, um, Lululemon. Shout out to Lululemon. They, it was early on in our partnership and they were driving a Lululemon sponsorship truck of me on a truck behind the press conference. So I felt like I had the upper hand. There's like this truck <laughs> going around and me just driving around the captain's press conference. So I felt like I had a little win on that. But um, no, there was no – the superstitions went out of the window. I, I, I had been told that I had to hold the cup for longer, but I – I stopped thinking about that. Whenever I ask Dan to remind me to do things, he never does. But Nathan Jones, coming back on Nathan Jones, uh, you spoke about him at the start, about being a big influence on your career. Um, how, how do you reflect on his time during that year and then not being able to play in that premiership that clearly he, he had a lot to do with? Uh, yeah, we've got um, we've got some values 
that I feel like are before mine and Goody's time that are still at the football club that have gone on and got a success. And I think a lot of them are down to Nathan Jones. And and one of them is 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 our, what we do on the training track is purely Nathan Jones. Like he trained as hard as he could every session he could, didn't miss. Um, and he has he's put that on the rest of our group. We're now a really, really hard training group. A lot of our guys don't miss trainings. Um, no matter how old you are, how many operations you had, you are training, like trainings to train. And Nathan Jones sort of, that's one of his key things that he's left on this football club. That's his legacy piece. And um, we've all, there's there's stories everywhere with grand finals. I mean, you would have had Nick Nadd and uh, uh, was it Brad Shepard that missed Sturt, yep. I think. Um, we had obviously Nathan, Jake Melksham, Jaden Hunts um, rolled his ankle in round 22. And then um, got a, he actually got back ready to train for grand final week, but they just didn't do the the move, and unfortunately he was an emergency. So there was some 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 really good stories in there. Um, but Jonesy definitely he, um, I I say I've got a medal, and that's great. Like I've got the medal, but the legacy that he leaves is bigger than any medal that we have. Like he he got us to that flag. He did all the hard yards. He got us what I said. Some of the legacy pieces he's left with training. Um, Unfortunately, he just wasn't able to be there on the on the on the day. Um, I've got uh, just one to finish off on. Last year, just gone. Can I do two, so we'll take turns. Okay. The last year, just gone. The first season as a dad. Have you found that? Yes, dad, dad life. So that's where we just sort of left that. I was three weeks in between. He was born October twenty six or seven. I should know that twenty seven. Um, <laughs> so what's that? That's four weeks post granny. Um, so it was touch and go, and the conversation obviously had to happen. And the conversation did happen. She said, um, "What would you do if, let's say, I am premature and it's thirty six weeks or thirty five weeks, and you have to miss the granny?" And and I, I I left it pretty clear. I said, "Jess, I've been training my whole life uh, to to um, play in a grand final or to win a premiership. That's that's thirty years. And to be fair, like." Me and her made George in about a minute. So like the, <laughs> the difference in the difference in time between the two goals. <laughs> so <laughs> the thirty years just sort of succeeds at a tiny bit. So I felt like I was staying, but I did it. Lucky enough, I didn't have to weigh that up. I'm gonna steal the fuck yeah, out yeah. of that. That's about as good. <laughs> as I'm, I'm stealing that for every sportsman night I ever That's do. Great. That is unreal. Um, we have spoken about Jake Lever a lot and um, I want to bring you up one more time. Um, He kicked the ball to you for a goal after the siren um, against Geelong. Uh, I guess first question, do you think he, was he aiming for you Um, and uh, how grateful were you for that to, uh, to be able to, because that was to send you guys to win the minor premiership as well. Yeah. I, I, um, I love talking about this game. Obviously (laughs) I kick a winning uh, goal to get us the minor flag, but um it was a set play to answer that first part. I, um, especially in that year, if if my opponent was going to the goal line, I could try and tease him out so Ben Brown could have a one on one, and that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to tease him out, and my opponent didn't come, so therefore Jake Levy kicks the ball to me. Um, so that that's that part done. But and then the second part to that is I've literally missed that shot ten times in my career, five of them. <laughs> after a siren. So um, <laughs> there's a fair bit of pressure on that and no crowd. I'm hearing everything Tom Hawkins is saying. Like he's letting me know about all my misses. He's having a fair crack at some of my personality traits and probably my head. Um, <laughs> but I was able to tune that out because I could hear Angus Brayshaw behind me saying, stop listening to Hawk. But now I'm listening to Gus. So I feel like that was counterintuitive. <laughs> um, 
And then I looked at the scoreboard as well, which is the stupidest thing I did because that just confirmed the position that I was in. We were two points down and it was full time. Um, but I reset all that goal, yes. Um, the best thing about that day is the story. Like Melbourne haven't won a flag 64 years. Uh, we're down at Geelong. Like I've said in this podcast, we were 186-point losses. Um, we've had some tor- horrible times down at Cadinia Park. We were down by 40 points or something at three-quarter time, and it was to win a minor flag. Like, that's an amazing game of football. That's the best game of football. Then got succeeded three weeks later. Actually, probably every final then succeeded it. But you know, <laughs> up until then, that was the most thrilling, like, exciting quarter of football to then win a minor premiership, to set ourselves up extremely well. Like, looking back on it, Geelong had to go play Port in Port. Um, and Port were hot for that first final. Like we probably would have lost that game as well. That was that was a big game to win. Mm. Yeah, very good. Um, I just got a couple of quick fire Ruckman questions to f- finish okay. off on, and you don't have yep. just one word answers, but you know, even tight. Do Ruckman make midfielders look good, or is it the other way around? Uh, midfielders are better than us, a lot better than us. Wow, well done. We like we 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 got some cool things that we do, but like if you like honestly, like we're. If you cut right to the chase, so I got drafted because of my height. Like I've had to learn a lot of my stuff. Like, yeah, I'd like to think that I can mark the footy and at times kick like the, the midfielders can. But like Christian Petrak is a genuine star. <laughs> but again, that you could say the same about NBA. Like, is is Shaq better or is or is Kobe better? Like, yeah, that's right. who knows? Do you, I mean talk to me about Ruckman in general? I mean, why are you on a you know different like an intellectually different? Um, level to the rest of the football population. You're all you're all the same. You're actually all the same. And, and for a while there, it was everyone thought it was stupid. So like the dumb Ruckman tag. But now, as we start to grow a little bit older, and there's more and more millennials in the world, it's actually quite unique. Would be the word. <laughs> um, and there is there is a lot of unique rucks. I mean, a lot of your teammates are right up there. Vardy, Tom Hickey, Scott Larson. Um, Scott Lysett, yes. Scooter, Scooter, I think they call him. Yeah, Dean Cox. I mean, he's you know he's smart, but he's he's Ruckman smart. Um, Nick Nananui, very similar. They're all all the same. You're all the same. There's there's some yeah they're 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 getting more and more unique. um, Is the word I'll keep using because dumb is the easy one to throw towards us, but I'm going to run with unique. Some people don't help us. Some people don't help us when you're Braden Prusas of the world. Start talking. I, <laughs> I, I understand why that tag comes our way, but um, unique. Luke Jackson leaves. Brody Grundy comes in. Talk to us about um, what you've sort of, I guess, lost, and then what you're excited about coming in. I mean, we've lost. We've uh, yeah, you've got a good one there. Luke Luke's a really good player, really good person, um, and. I was able to win a premiership with him. So um, there's there's no hard feelings. I understand he's experienced Melbourne in COVID. Like I've, I would have left as well. Like it's he's literally lived the worst three years a Melbourneian could live and his Perth is over there open with all his mates partying by the beach, Cottesloe. Yeah, why not? Um, so he's made a decision to go back home um, and, yeah, I'm never going to hold that against him. It's... He was able to do what he was able to do, but Brody, I'm excited. Like Brody's like the 27 year old, 28 year old version of the 21 year old Luke. Like he's a little bit more older and developed and experienced, and yes. um, we're completely opposite. Like I'm a guy who likes to run long distance and work into games, and 
Brody is like this sprint athlete who like can out sprint Cosy Pickett, and um, so we're completely different animals. But um, it's funny that we've been going head to head for years, and now like I was watching Rack Vision on him the other day. Um, it was me, Brody, and our Rack coach Greg Stafford, and we're sitting there watching each other do our centre bounces. I sat there, I'm like. This is weird that Brody's in the room with me. Normally I had to get that footage illegally. Now I'm like <laughs> sitting there watching his vision with him and we're like pin like picking apart each other like with a real fine tooth character. Like genuinely splitting atoms. Rackman likes to split atoms and we'll split atoms, but I can imagine. Um, I can just it imagine. Was, <laughs> it's 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 a lot of fun. I'm not sure like who who let's say Jordan to go, I'm gonna say he's your rival because you played against him in the granny. Imagine if he just comes and plays with you and then you're all of a sudden your best friends. Like it's it's a pretty cool feeling. Wow, that's actually had never thought of that. That is fucking good. I'd love to play with Jordan. That'd be fantastic. Love to still be playing, really, to be honest. But I'm here on the podcast. <laughs> um social media, Gorney, it's time for this. We finish every episode like this. I didn't say social, I said social. That's right. I know you know about it. Um, big, big segment in the podcasting realm, been going on for about ten years where yes of mixed Schofield with Scotial. I mean social. Scotial media brought to you by the people. The people ask you the question. We've got a couple of questions for the fans. They okay. want to hear the answers. Are you ready to go? Yeah, that was a big build-up. Jack W. Walters. <laughs> uh, what sunblock does he use to protect that lid of his? Uh, I wear hats. I wear a lot of hats. And as receding hairline people know, because uh, I'm not really properly shaven at the moment too well, so yep. I, wear a lot, I wear a lot of hats. Yeah, so, respect. And I wear hats to train. And game day is literally the only day where I don't have a hat on. Do you get sweat in your eyes? You use Vas? Vaseline? Uh, no, I'm not. I've never really. I, I no. The answer is no. So I'll keep it short. Thank you. Tappy, <laughs> uh, um, Seb Vanders. Uh, which Brayshaw brother has the best golf game? Uh, I'm presuming Andrew because he literally is better in every aspect in. Uh, of of life, Andrew was like the pinnacle of the Brayshaws, um, and then it slowly makes its way down. Hamish is somewhere in the middle, and Angus is um, right down the bottom. But um, Angus probably, in, if I, like, if I take that joke out of the question, Angus probably is the better golfer, though. Shout out, Will, the fourth and forgotten. Uh, Sorry, I actually Will Will is better than Andrew. Correct. I know. We always put Will at the top. Uh, Hamish Brayshaw, a uh, big part of our other back chat podcast that we do. Um, Tappy95. How does Big Gorney like his eggs cooked? Sincerely, the Eggman. I actually go to like, – working in hospitality, I like to let – like I like uh, anyone serving you to work. Like I, I, I like the idea of what do you recommend, like what's on the menu. Every time I get eggs at a cafe, I say, surprise me. Um, I'm happy with hard-boiled, scrambled, fried, or poached. And it really is a great way to start your mornings. You don't know what's coming. They usually pick scrambled. For some reason, they all think scrambled's like the fun one. Um, Are you joking? Uh, yeah. You actually order surprise me. Surprise me. I do not care what egg comes out of my plate. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Once again, I'm probably going to steal that because I can never make my mind up. <laughs> um, the bottom one, probably a nice little segue, Riley J. Nelson. Okay. Uh, you own a couple of restaurants and bars. How did you get into hospitality and what do you love about it? Uh, yeah, little plugs, East End Wine Bar in Camberwell. Uh, that was my first little um, step into hospitality uh, and it's a great little venue. Uh, and then we've gone into a bit of the restaurant game and opened up another wine bar restaurant called Moda in Hawthorne. Um, I know you're saying Camberwell, Hawthorne. I know my niche, Melbourne supporters, yes. Um, they're all in and around that area. Um, in fact, I'm in the in and around that area as well, so I don't know uh, what I'm saying, but uh hospitality is more what i'm interested in i love wine but not i wouldn't call myself a connoisseur 
Um, but I am a big hospo man purely from my mum. My mum has been in hospo her whole career and I'm, I'm sure you guys are the same. Whatever your parents do when you're young, you feel like that's like the, the dream job, like that's like the highest level you can get to in life, no matter if they're at the bottom end or at the top end. Like they could be the prime minister or they could be a, a lollipop lady crossing the road. That is literally the pinnacle. Yes. And my mum, I felt like hospitality was the pinnacle. It's not. Hospitality is a, a horrible job at, at times. It's like my mum is uh, – almost retired at 60 and she's completely and utterly cooked. Like it can be, it's a, it's a pretty tough job, but she hero, heroized it. Heroized it. What is it? I don't, I don't even know how to correct happy, it. Whatever you say is good. I'm, I'm happy with that. And that's where I've led into. Do, 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 you haven't, you haven't got her um, on the pots and pans down at, at your venues, have you? You haven't got mum still working for you? No, she, um, she actually, she obviously worked incredibly long hours. She was like a 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. type person, but she'd wow. get home at 3 p.m. and she wouldn't cook us dinner because she was completely cooked. So um, everyone goes, oh, what's it like having your mum as a chef? And I'm like, it's genuinely horrible. Like I'd burnt cookies because she couldn't sell them and she didn't cook dinner. <laughs> so, and actually mum, I've got to be kidding. Mum listens and watches almost everything I do. So hi, mum. Hello. What's my, my, oh, wait, 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 wait. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Hello, Sandra. Sandra. Hello, Sandra. Sandra. Sandra Gordon and Rob is is yes. Hello, Rob and Sandra, and hello, Jan, my mum, because she will be listening. And Diane. Hello, Diane. Yeah. And hello, Nina. Dino. What did I say, Nino? That's an Italian man. Dino is the Greek man. Um. Hello, Dino. Now to finish up, mate. This is the last one. Uh, I feel yep. like we should finish on this one. Uh, it is Slayer four five three Slayer. So. Um. Has his own podcast, Gus and Gorney. Is it coming back? Uh, thanks for the question, Slayer Four Five Three. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like I want to use that as my Call of Duty name or something. Yes. I, sorry, yes. Am I? Is that how you say? It? I'm not a Call of Duty man. Um, I actually, my I was a FIFA man, and on Xbox, my gamer tag was uh, Big Max, but spelt like a Big Mac. I thought that was kind of cool. That is good. Yeah, What's is. A Dan? Yeah. Now, we're both gamers. What, what was yours? Squadron Dan? 7. Squadron 7, you reckon? Yep. Mine was um, Spangfield because when I first started gaming, my my, uh, my roommate was Matt Spanger and we only had one account between us. So we combined <laughs> the two. Spangfield. Yeah. <laughs> good. Um, Gus and Gorney is uh, after some big conversations. We actually had a, a meeting during the week. Um, like I was happy to throw it up a few different names, get some different guys in there because it's a club run podcast. But um, Gus and Gorney will 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 come back. But we're sort of like doing some planning this year and seeing if we can get some big guests. And Gus, no joke, this is what I'm dealing with. This is Angus Brayshaw. He comes into the meeting, and my guests were like, "Let's get Nathan Jones, Daisy Pierce, David Neitz." Like I'm probably not aiming too high, but I'm aiming realistic. And Gus has got Elon Musk, and then he said, just in case that's too far right, I've got Greta Thunberg to back it up the next week. We're too far left. And then he's gone with the Hemsworth brothers because they're Western Bulldogs fans, so we can get them in because they'll love footy. And then he said, well, after Hemsworth, we might as well get Miley Cyrus in to even that out. I was a phenomenal – I'm like yeah, – well, and he was genuinely – <laughs> it was genuinely serious. He was serious. I'm like, okay, so if you want to listen to Gus and Gordon and you want to hear from – uh, Elon Musk straight into Greta Thunberg. We might even get him on at the same time. Oh, look, Justin you Gordon is your get, way to go. If you don't get Elon, you don't get Miley, I'm always here, mate. If you want to have a rival on, I would love to have a chat on the Gus and Gordon. And, and I know the response is, not really, mate. We've already had a chat. <laughs> 
I'd love to interview you about your career. Um, yeah, it would be how would you go in 2018 grand final? Very well. Good. Thanks. Cheers. All the best. Um, <laughs> I hope you've had fun, Gorny, mate. We really appreciate it. We know you're a dad. Um, you've got kids in the background. We appreciate your time. Good luck in the season. hope the uh, injuries sort themselves this preseason. We're looking forward to you uh, combining with Brody Grundy in mm. uh, 2023 yes. and hopefully a premiership for the Melbourne Demons. Thanks for your time, mate. Thank you. I, not even I know how me and Brody are going to work, but I'm excited to see it. Social media, you can find us, backchat double underscore. You can uh, send us an email, hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. Sign up as a Patreon. You can become a patron, VIP, huge stuff over there, especially from our partners, our supporters, Whippersnapper Whiskey, Margaret River Roasting Co., Glue Bet, Shelter Brewing Co., and, of course, Leadable Cameras. Get over there, everything you know, backchatpodcast.com.au. We're done. We're dusted. Go on, going to get the kids. We're finished. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.